The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you by Venator Racing Social. If you are planning a racing trip to Europe or further afield, check out Venator Racing Social for a large range of bespoke racing holidays at venator.co.uk. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. A day late and a dollar short, but hey, we're here. Finally, uh, I'm delighted to say that a man making his debut on the show is top jockey, Dougie Costello. Dougie, welcome for your second appearance on the Final Forum podcast, but really officially your first. Officially the first, yeah. No, it's brilliant uh, with Emmett. Uh, well, thanks very much for having us on. And hopefully we can we, 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 we can justify something. Well, we had great fun the other day. Uh, we recorded a full show. We, we were chatting for three hours. This is not a joke. If you're like regular listener to the show, you'll know. Oh, we can go, baby. We can do the Joe Rogan episodes. And uh, let's just say that one couldn't be uploaded. Technical difficulties, yeah. shall we say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah let's... Th- th- I, did a, I did a show with um, a lovely, talented person called Laura Joy, uh, a Bloodstock episode last year. Sent it to a guy to edit it. And he said, oh, it's, it's corrupted. The audio is corrupted. It's gone. And there was, none, there was no audio left on, on our end. About, about two weeks ago, randomly we get an email saying oh i've got that i've got that podcast for you now a year later i've got that podcast for you now can you pay x amount for the editing like you you out of your you out of your mind first of all it wasn't edited and secondly he didn't even edit the damn thing he was just like oh here here's the audio now it's like so what did you have it all along and just didn't give it to us anyway that was a lost show. The Dougie, the first Dougie episode is a lost final for podcast episode um although it might be released on a Christmas special at some point <laughs> along the lines. There is breaking news in the world of Irish racing. Now, the second I say that, you know what I'm talking about. But for Dougie and I recording the show, it is breaking news. Um, we're going to delve into this story in a little bit more detail on Monday's show. But I couldn't record today and not touch on it. Uh, Dougie and I will get stuck into the big stories that we want to discuss. Well, that we've already discussed, but we're going to discuss again for the benefit of the podcast. A saga that involves a prominent figure in the racing world, a billionaire businessman, and a doping scandal that has shaken the sport to its core. We're talking about Luke Comer, a man who until now was known for his astounding journey from a plasterer to a property billionaire mogul. Now Comer's racing license has been slapped with a three-year suspension, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. He's also been hit with a whopping 840,754 euro in fines and costs. What led to this colossal fall from grace? Well, it's a tale of doping allegations and a dozen horses in the spotlight. The jaw-dropping case unfolded in a hearing that stretched over nine intense days back in May. The Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board, the IHRB, brought the details to light just recently, and it's nothing short of shocking. Among those 12 horses that tested positive for anabolic steroids, you've got He Knows No Fear, a name etched in the history of Irish and British horse racing for being the longest-priced winner ever, coming in at 300-1 to back in Leopardstown in 2020. He then finished 4th of 14 in a listed race at Leopardstown in October 2021. He had a hair sample taken from him. It contained traces of methandinone and methyl testosterone, both banned substances. I'm going to refer to both of them as MD and MT going forward. Uh, it didn't stop, but he knows no fear. The remaining 11 horses also tested positive for anabolic steroids. These tests were conducted out of competition at Comer's Yard in November 2021. Comer has denied any involvement in doping these 12 horses and wasn't charged with breaching Rule 273, which covers those 
who administer prohibited substances to horses. During the hearing, Comer argued that the traces found were minuscule, and Dr. Lynn Hillier, the chief veterinary officer and head of anti-doping, somewhat agreed. He insisted that he took every reasonable precaution to avoid a breach and even questioned the reliability of hair as a standalone matrix for testing. He went further, suggesting that environmental contamination might be the culprit here. He floated the idea that the hay consumed by his horses could have been tainted with MD or MT, perhaps through pig slurry. The IHRB, however, were not buying it, maintaining that the traces of those hair samples couldn't be attributed to environmental contamination. There's a curious detail. Jim Gorman, Comer's assistant trainer, he mentioned that better horses, in quotation marks, got the quotation marks, better hay. But he did admit that about 20 horses stabled in the same barn, receiving what he referred to as good hay, did not test positive for anabolic steroids. Comer faced another hurdle when he pointed out that it was challenging for him to supervise the operation adequately because he only spent about three months a year in Ireland. And in a twist that feels straight out of a courtroom drama, the IHRB report noted that Comer had spent an enormous sum of money trying to figure out how the horses tested positive, yet the committee couldn't pinpoint the exact cause. In this chess match of allegations and counter-arguments, the burden of proof rested on Comer, and it proved to be a heavy load. The committee found him guilty of bringing racing into disrepute and slapped him with a €20,000 fine for that breach. He then faced another €5,000 fine for what they say was misleading evidence during the hearing. Now, let's not forget that this is not Comer's first tangle with the authorities. Back in 2017, he was hit with a €50,000 fine for multiple breaches of regulations, including refusing officials, Dr. Lynn Hillier being one of them, access to his yard and a slew of other issues. And those other issues are not pleasant. So there you have it. Luke Comer, the man who went from plasterer to property billionaire, now facing a three-year suspension, hefty fines, and a world of controversy. I applaud the IHRB for this. This is great work. It really is great work on their behalf. Um, There is no excuse for banned substances in racing. And this proves that they are willing to go all the way to fight for the integrity of Irish racing. And exposing a man as powerful as him the man who sponsors the Irish St. Ledger on Irish Champions Festival uh, is not an easy thing to do. And it would have cost the IHRB an arm and a leg had they come off on the wrong side of this. They've gone up against a billionaire, fought him with facts, and won. Uh, Who administered those drugs? We'd like to know that. But also, can't help but feel that Ronan McNally was really railroaded. That guy was really screwed. 12 years for McNally, 3 years for Luke Comer. It genuinely doesn't make sense. All right, uh, let's get stuck into the big stories from Irish Champions Festival, The enigma that is um, Auguste Rodin. When he's good, obviously, he's exceptionally good. When he's bad, it can be rough. Um, But he was very, very good um, on Saturday. It was really a a masterclass in tactics from Bally Doyle. Um, great ride from Shemi Heffernan on Luxembourg up until the final few yards. We'll talk about that. Uh, but a brilliant ride from 
Ryan Moore on, on board Augusto Dan. And we've waxed lyrical about the brilliance of Aiden O'Brien before. We talked about him in depth after getting Luxembourg to bounce back from a fairly underwhelming win in the Royal Whip to win this race last year. Uh, we obviously were highlighting his brilliance in getting Augusto Rodin to win the Derby after that awful run in the Guineas. And then he's produced both of these horses in incredible peak condition, fighting fit to go and fight out the finish. Uh, Luxembourg turns the form around with King of Steel. We'll talk about him as well. And Augusto Rodin gets his all-aged Group 1 win over 10 furlongs. Just magic from Aiden, magic from Ryan Moore, and magic from Augusto Rodin, Dougie. Yeah, yeah. As you as you said, it was it was an unbelievable race to watch, um, um, and and just the tactics, just just Ryan's confidence at the moment is just, you know, it's the next uh, I would level stuff. I was very lucky um, to ride to jumping for numerous years with likes of AP Richard Johnson and Ruby Walsh and and them big names, and you know when when AP got into that zone in the last couple of years of his career he was just riding at such a peak it was it, it was the next level peak um and and it feels to me i know i know they're good horses but it feels to me like ryan is at the same level at the moment he's just he's just it's, it's just great view uh, uh, worth viewing and and for aiden and the team to get the horses back um i know he, he referenced uh with rachel richardson you know, like a hell of a loss, uh, you know, uh, for for actually thanking her for this as well, because she rides out Augustus Road a lot. And I was lucky enough down over my jumping career to work with Rachel a little bit in Tim Easterby's. Uh, she was an apprentice there. First, she started off actually at Malcolm Jefferson's and then she went to Tim Easterby's. Um, I used to go in there some Mondays and Tuesdays and me and Rachel used to do a lot of the schooling with the babies. And she's, she, she's a very good, uh, I would like, horsewoman. Um, and it's just like I know Aiden says it all the time, but it just really does bear in mind that when you're at this level or at any level, your, your staff around you is 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 vital, um, especially when you need to get horses back to, especially you know for Aiden and the team to have them type of staff is unbelievable. But I just thought it was a great view, with viewing to watch. I think. A couple of the placed horses. Uh, if there was ever a time they would want Frankie to retire, I think it might have been on that day. Um, <laughs> I think for the likes of Kevin Scott and with Holly Doyle and a few of you to hold up horses, Frankie's horse probably wasn't good enough and wasn't taking him into the race. If you watch the viewing down the back, Frankie's horse's head was a little bit sideways, not really going forward with the pace angle. Um, when the pace lifted as they crossed the road, the horses behind Frankie found themselves a length, length and a half further back than what they wanted. I, I watched the race again after we spoke the other day and um, and, and you can see what Kevin Scott did think about making an attempt to get around Frankie, but he had to go five deep and that wasn't something he wanted to do. So he had to wait a little bit longer than he wanted to. Um, I think it might cost him a length. I don't personally think he would he would have won. Augusta Road, to me, watching it, actually quickened. Um, I think Luxembourg just galloped, but I think Augusta Road actually picked up inside the last two and quickened to go and neck up, and then Ryan had to get stuck into him. Um, but it was great uh, with horse race to watch. Yeah, it was a fabulous race to watch. Um, there's obviously been a, a fallout since and that Kevin Stott is no longer the retained rider to Amo Racing. And the perception of that, which I'll have to say 
from my own, I'll hold my hands up. This was my thought process as well. Is Kia Jabrakin is becoming a bit of a trigger happy owner who he might be a multimillionaire who is negotiating with some of the most high profile football clubs on the planet uh, for some of the most high profile and elite footballers on the planet. But it was starting to look as though this guy's just quite emotive and uh, impulsive and makes knee jerk reactions. I, after hearing him on Nick Luck's show, I don't think that's the case. I, I don't think Kevin's thought was fired for the ride. I think he, keep, he keeps saying there's something else going on behind the scenes. Um, and Nick never really checked him on that. So uh, take the guy at his word, if that's the case. And Kevin's a very talented jockey. He'll continue to have great success. Um, and Ammo Racing will continue to have great success as well. Uh, it's just the whole thing, it, didn't, it, it left a pretty sour taste. Uh, and at the time, I remember thinking, oh, you know, you know what would be the great match here, Dougie? Frankie and Ammo Racing together. You two deserve one another. Uh, I'm not so sure about that now. I, I think that there's there's more to that. But um, in terms of King of Steel overall, I just think yeah. this horse is very overhyped. I think he's a, he's a lovely racehorse, very talented horse. He's clearly a Group 1 horse. Uh, he's not a Group 1 winner. He's Westover 2.0, except... That's an insult to Westover because he's an Irish Derby winner and a dual Group One winner. Um, that's who King of Steel is. He's just he's Westover 2.0. He won a, a, a three-year-old King Edward the Seventh Stakes, a Group Two at Royal Ascot, a race restricted to three-year-olds only over a mile four. And since he's won that race, there have been excuses that oh he doesn't quite stay a mile four. He's just not. He doesn't have the stamina for a mile four. Well, he's able to win at Royal Ascot over that trip. He's able to finish second in a Derby. He gets beaten in a King George, and then it's, oh, he doesn't have the stamina. That's what the issue is. Drop him back into to a 10 furlong group one, he'll win. And Kevin rides him in the way that he rides him, which I don't think was, I didn't think it was a bad ride at all. Um, and then the reaction is, oh, it's the jockey's fault. Well, maybe it's not the jockey's fault. And maybe the excuses should stop with King of Steel, because that's, that's, um, is it four group ones he's running now? He's looked like winning one the Derby. Uh, there's this narrative that he was unlucky somehow in that race. Everything went right for him in the Derby. Everything went wrong for August Rodin, and he still managed to go and beat him. Ultimately, August Rodin is a proper, genuine, Group 1 class horse, a top-class Group 1 winner. King of Steel isn't as good as August Rodin, and it's just as simple as that. Yeah, I, I, I think um, King of Steel, as they were highlighted when he first started riding or uh, running, he wasn't as straightforward as you know most horses are. He's a big animal. Um, I can't remember if he was a breeze of horse or he or wasn't, not. but he was bought in the American sales. Oh, he was bought in the American sales. So yeah, so he's got the attributes where he can be quite aggressive. So, so Kevin and the riders at home, I had to settle them and get him into that mindset to relax, breathe and then, and then quicken. But as we say, he, he's, he, he doesn't really quicken. He lengthens, mm. um, you know, and he was, you know, you could say maybe a lack of experience behind Westover and that, or just ability if you want, but you could really, um, see him come to his he's quick away from the stalls when you watch him run the last day he's hit the lids rapid and Kevin you could tell what he was thinking I don't want to get mixed up with the pace horses here mm. and I play right into their, their with their hands if I wing out and they take me on I'll end up burn, burning up and Ryan will come and swoop us all in the end and my race will be over so he's went to tuck in but then he got stuck behind the horse that he didn't really want to follow but look at uh, 
I think if they met each other in the Breeders' Cup, I still think the result will be the same. Um, but I do think a tight turning track might play into the hands of King 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 of Steel a bit more. Um, you got two bends. Um, he's quick away from the gates. Um, you know, if if Augustus Road got hemmed up somewhere or draws played to some one of their advantages, you never know. He might reverse it by a nose or a head, but. I think deep down, I think he'll he'll be playing to the same fiddler tune as what we have seen over the year. Um, but there is a horse in there, and as you say, he is a mentally slow burning horse. And as a rider, sometimes what you find is them aggressive type of horses. They they they're they're one paced because not normally on a fast horse, you, you you don't think you're going fast. You don't think you're keen. You, you, you're just flicking off the surface or, you, you know, you're not realise how fast you're going. You know, sometimes you'll hear riders saying, geez, I didn't think we went that fast. And I think that's what this horse is. He's a bit aggressive, but w- once this, you know, once they, um, he, he, if he stays intact mentally and they can get him to progress into next year, what if he is going to stay on till next year, um, you know, he could develop into that at Westover, you know, next year. Yeah, I I completely echo that. I think that's absolutely how this is going to play out, actually. Um, and and listen, there was a point where Westover, they were talking about running him in the Irish St. Ledger. Um, and then I had the pleasure of interviewing Rafe Beckett a few weeks ago, and he's like, yeah, that's that's over now. Um, now that he's after finishing second in the King George, like, yeah, we don't need to go up and trip anymore now. Um and look, it's it's a similar thing with him. They've tried him. They've tried to win an all age group one in a King George. It didn't work. They've tried it in an Irish champion. It hasn't worked. Um, maybe the Breeders' Cup turf would be different for him. I think the Breeders' Cup turf would be ideal for Luxembourg, not Augusto Dan. But uh, I've been told since um, that Luxembourg is possibly going to the Champion Stakes, which confuses me because we're we're looking at a season here where. Coolmore might just completely bypass or at least not have a major representative in the most prestigious middle distance race in Europe, in the ARC. Because Augusto Rodin's not going there. Um, Luxembourg might and then take in the champion stakes, but it seems as though champion stakes is more of his thing now. And that's never been a Coolmore race. That's never been a race that they've... It's always been a, a second fiddle race for them. It's a backup plan except one year, and that was with Minding. That's the only time Aidan O'Brien's ever won that race. Um, so it's really interesting if they do decide to go all out and, and try and win it with Luxembourg. It's probably his best chance of winning a, a Group 1 again this season. But I, I think the Breeders' Cup turf would be ideal for him, for exactly the circumstances you gave about King of Steel. Luxembourg's fast away from the gates. Uh, Luxembourg travels very well in these races, and he's really deadly from the front. Um I imagine it would be James Doyle, Shamie Heffernan would be on board because Ryan will obviously be on August Rodin. But I'd see Luxembourg having a huge chance in that race uh, and just having a little bit too much for King of Steel at Santa Anita. Um, August Rodin is almost certainly going to line up in that race. Um, that's going to be his final race. And he'll have a huge chance as well. He has to have a huge chance as long as he'll be... It's it's different because the the excuse from Aidan O'Brien now seems to be that Augusto Rodin doesn't handle the the flight over to the UK particularly well, okay. which doesn't really work, Dougie. In that he won the fraturity traveling over on the day. It's the the Bally Doyle thing of you fly your horse over on the morning, fly them back that that day. Uh, so they wake up at Bally Doyle, go to sleep at Bally Doyle. The difference um, Aidan O'Brien changed that for the Breeders' Cup last year, where he sent them over a full week in advance. So they were able to acclimatize to America 
and he tore the place up. He had a fantastic yeah. week there. So maybe August Rodin with a, a week on American soil will then just absolutely tear them up in the Breeders' Cup turf. Um, whatever they choose to do, it's going to be fascinating to see him run again. Uh, it is his last season in training. We're not going to see him as a four-year-old. Um, and so final question for you on August Rodin is, how do you think he will fare in terms of popularity with breeders? Because there's, there is this thing about him being, he unites two continents and he brings together two great racing jurisdictions being a deep impact. Um, but I, I'm not so sure I fully buy into that. I think that's great marketing. And, you know, the fact that he's by deep impact out of Aidan O'Brien's rhododendron, like it's, a, it's an incredible pedigree. Um, but are, are breeders going to be looking at that Guineas run and the King George run and just going, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think, like, as you say, it gives you options. And, and with options, is always a good thing to have. I, I think, you know, if it was mine, I'd like them to stay, you know, within the backyard and make sure they come to me. Um, Absolutely. And, for, and, then, and, yeah, and then still ask for them extra zeros because they'll get them. Um, you know, um, you know, he's won over a mile and a half and the cur on good ground. You know, we're talking about gall- galloping tracks here. You know, if you go, you know, to your um, uh, with international countries, you always got bends. Um, I couldn't see. I think he's a shoe in uh, within the states if he goes for as a Breeders' Cup. I can't see if he gets if he gets a smooth run race. You know, did you know? And if he wins out there. You know, it, it it just highlights that a left-hand turn turning track is not going to be an issue, and it's going to help his prodigy. Um, you know, if you can have a horse that can can, because all his wins have been off of good tempos, and he can quicken off a solid race, where a lot of these steers they they don't quicken, they just lengthen, and they grind each other into the ground. Where this horse is a bit like a a flying Mayweather, but fighting at like a heavyweight. Uh, uh, belt um, he's athletic he can quicken he can defend so I I, I think you know he is going to tie in, in in as you say he's by d- deep impact you know mm. um, at Japan like my god they're going to really want to have some sort of you know um, say or, or some sort of, of mares or fillies uh, but uh, but I would um, to actually this lad, um, and it only takes one um, to be successful, and then that's it, you know. So, so um, I I I could see him do um, well. I could see him being 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 very successful in the Breeders' Cup, and then as you say, off the stud and and the and, and the Japan market, which are just blowing the whole world apart at the moment. I can see them really wanting to get stuck into him if that's the case. Yeah, I, I guess the. We're starting to realize just how important Galileo was as a stallion because you, if if Augusto Rodin is by Galileo, for example, which would have been weird because he's this uh, this horse is out of rhododendron. But anyway, um, if, if in a if in a world where Augusto Rodin is by Galileo, it's hard to imagine him finishing third last in a two thousand guineas and stone last beating one hundred and twenty seven lengths in a in a King George. Um, that's just not how Galileo's ran. But he's not with us anymore, and uh, the world of breeding has to evolve and maybe that means you are going to have to go to a stallion whose progeny might need to be mollycoddled a little bit and maybe they don't need to be maybe i'm being incredibly harsh on Augusto Rodin. maybe he's, he's going to be yeah. absolutely fine um I, I think the whole project of coolmore sending mares over to japan to breed to their best stallions and then try and merge them here 
is an amazing experiment that has clearly paid off with Augusto Rodin. And so that rumor that they were offered 60 million pounds sterling or whatever it was, 60 million euro uh, for for a, a sale of Augusto Rodin, I, I just, I can't see them doing this. And I can't see them shipping him over to Japan. You've tried really hard to get a top-class stallion prospect from a Japanese sire. Now you've got one. Why would you then sell that when you can stand him at your stud? So I, I'd imagine he'll shuttle down to Australia, but he yeah. will be a, a, a cool, more feathered main player and, and a mainstay, and they'll give him every chance to succeed. And I'd say he will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, at he he was beaten twice in his career, realistically. Um, second, first time out in the Curra. Um, but, you know, he's beaten over a mile, a slowly ran mile on soft ground. Then the travelling uh, last got uh, the last time. Wasn't he travelled by road when he got beaten? Was yeah, I think right? so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Aiden just said, I think uh, I listened to one of his interviews the other day, as he said, as you just I would highlight it, he's going to give him time to uh, acclimatize. So, you know, a slowly ran mile on soft ground, time's real slow. And then a race that he just wasn't really took the uh, transport and, and, you know, two out of whatever runs with, with two, two out of ten runs on Hans Badge you know so I don't think that's going to be highlighted if he goes and wins the Breeders' Cup which I honestly do think he will because you know we've we watched the Breeders' Cups down over the years and as you said they do start tightening the taps it's a strong run race tightening the uh, with like the taps as they leave the back around the bend he'll get dragged into actually the race and Ryan will do 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 his thing off the bend and he'll quicken. I think I don't think he'll he'll quicken five, six lengths away. I think he quickens, hits the fronts and idles a little bit and then this work it's workman like effort. But the way he can find a turn of foot, it's it, for me over them strong round mile and half races is and a mile and a quarter races is, are um you know, I think that's what you want up your armory our, our armory. Yeah, I can see it. I, I... I still have a sneaky feeling about Luxembourg in this race. It's four to one Auguste Rodin. It's sixteen to one Luxembourg. Yeah, um, I, I'd love to see Luxembourg in the arc. You know, the the only reason I wouldn't want to see him there is if it turned up bottomless. Funnily enough, that's something that I've been thinking about as well, and I'm I'm probably going to back him today. I haven't backed him yet. Will I back him before the show goes out? Probably. Um, to be honest, because you know, what's What's ethics? What? Hey Siri, what is ethics? Um, but uh, like that arc is a fascinating race in that like I, I I can't tell you how good Ace Impact is, but he looks very very good. Um, Hookham is a deserving second favorite for sure. Um, Westover should probably be a little bit shorter. Feed the Flame got beaten the other day. Save the Last Dance. You're kidding me, right? She's she's fifth favorite. No. Um, Emily Upjohn on her day, yeah, for sure. Augusto Rodin doesn't go. Fantastic Moon won the other day, but got put in his place by the Godolphin horse in Germany the time before that, so wouldn't be taking him overly seriously. Um, Luxembourg is 25 to 1 with the firm. A couple of firms, in fact. That seems very big to me as an each way price, if he if he does line up there. Um, sure. It just seems way too big. And just think of Found. Just think of how she came out and won the arc. Um, Dylan Thomas at the end of a long hard season, you know these these uh, o- older Aidan O'Brien horses are more than capable of getting it done on Arc Day, and it's interesting they're not going there with Augusto Rodin that they've just ruled it out straight away. They don't even want to talk about it. It's America or bust for him. Um, 
why are you just ruling out one of the most important prestigious middle distance races of the of the year? So do it, Aiden. Run Luxembourg there. Uh, if if he does go, do you think Ryan Moore would be a little bit more animated in the finish than Shamie Heffernan? Ooh, oh, 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 oh. Pulls pin on grenade, drops it in. There you go, Dougie. Handle that one. <laughs> Look at uh, what I know, Shamey, and believe me, if there's ten percent to have of a race value, he'll be out and getting in it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, he's he's to, to me watching it. I mean, uh, the cross the road, the pace lifted, but Shamey had to go and force the pace horse, you know, and and force him from a long way out to to get his horse into gear, which he half knew was going to like leave the option open for Ryan and then when the pace horse Ryan switched in and the pace horse stripped to right Shamey had every chance and, and, and I think Shamey was quite aggressive as as you would be without actually you know doing anything you shouldn't do um, I just think as I said I just think Augustus Road has quickened and, and idled and then Shane, 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 Shamey's horse has just lengthened and had to force the pace from four, 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 four and a half down um, you know, um, no, no, I, I known Shamey ten percent of that race he wouldn't have left behind. Yeah, I, I just I don't buy it. Quite frankly, I just <laughs> the, I don't buy this idea that Shamey Heffernan is not trying on these runners up. Uh, no, in, in order for it to be to the benefit of Augusto Dan, like Luxembourg is a Group One winner at two, three, and four. If he wins back to back to back Irish Champion Stakes, then he becomes a, a really serious stallion prospect by Camelot. Um, which obviously that's all Colmore. Plus, he's getting what is it? It's six point eight percent of seven hundred and twelve thousand euro. Yeah, I think he wants to go and win that race. I think he, I think he wants to win a Group One. Also, he's not stupid. If just because Augusto Dan goes past him when he does, doesn't mean King of Steel or Nashua is not going to go past him. And yeah. Ollie Doyle was coming with a real rattle there on Nashua. So yeah. you can't do that stuff. You just can't. I, I just. I was saying no. this to you the other day. There are people who, if you go on Twitter long enough, you will see people who genuinely believe that the whole Twin Towers thing is a hoax. And not in the way you think it. They think the Twin Towers were some kind of hologram and that they weren't hit at all. And the whole thing was a CIA psyop. If you if you go around, people are looking for conspiracies and people believe them, right? It's some crazy oh. shit out there. And and everybody needs to just take a bit of a chill pill because I I just I don't see it personally. Um, but hey, no, I just think it was shame he'd been in front a long way. Like he didn't know what was going on in behind. Um, you know, so would anybody arrive to his girth? You know, he probably knew the best horse in the race was Augustus Road, but did Ryan get caught in the pocket somewhere? Did you know he, he? So he wouldn't have known really until who got upside him, or because once he got to his girth, he's actually quickened very quickly. By, by him and then pulled up a bit and Ryan was workmanlike on him without being aggressive mm. and then Shamey was as aggressive as he could be and as you said with Holly was coming late on on with on the filly um, and as you said 712,000 and they get 10% of that and Shamey knows when he retires he can claim back 10% of that off, he, off the tax man as well so <laughs> he ain't going to let that go <laughs> No, there's just no way there's just, there's just, no. just no planet where no. that's the case um. Yeah, and I, I, I really like Luxembourg. I wonder is there a possibility he comes back as a five-year-old? I wonder is there a chance they keep him going like Highland Real? 
Well, if he wins the arc, no. Wait, well, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. If if we manage yeah. to land the 16 to 1 touch in the arc or the 16 to 1, 25 to 1 in the arc, 16 to 1 in the Breeders' Cup turf, if we manage to land one of those touches, obviously he's going to be headed off to stud. Um, but if he like just runs well there, I wonder did they bring him back as a five-year-old? Because Augusto Rodin won't be in training next year. Paddington won't be in training next year. Yeah. Little Big Bear's already been retired. Um, I, I mention all this because maybe Henry Longfellow will be lining up in the Irish Champion Stakes next year. He was terrific in the Vince Brown National Stakes. There was a bit of controversy. City of Troy was obviously expected to run. Um, I, I think it's pretty obvious that rain had really gotten into the ground, and so the, the going was actually quite different to Newmarket. So, and they were also never going to let these two horses take each other on. They'd made that very clear. Personally, I would have preferred it if they had done this in the morning. If they just said, look, City of Troy's out, Henry Longfellow goes, announcing it half an hour before the race isn't ideal. But my goodness, Dougie, I, yeah. I, I'm sure Ammo Racing are, are looking at themselves as, what the hell were we doing with the tactics there? But he was very, very good, Henry Longfellow. He was. He was He was eye-catching. I mean, he was so smooth. Again, you know, Ryan and the form he's in, everything was smooth. And I, I felt a little bit for with Kevin Scott because he's riding a six-furlong horse, um, a six-furlong horse and a seven-furlong race where the pacemakers half-missed it. Um, in an ideal world, I think Kevin would have loved to be behind um, Ryan, but but that was, was not the case. Um I think Henry Longfellow is the next, you know, champion miler in my eyes. I think um, at one stage when I was looking at it, oh, he might get, you know, he might get a bit further. But as Aidan highlighted, you know, and he, he actually, he, he's quickened the get as a front and then, well, he's quickened within himself to hit the front, idled a bit and then Ryan, you know, kept, kept, kept rolling away and he's actually quickened again inside the furlong and a half by himself. Um, you know, he, he's going to be the real deal next year, and um, you know, it, it, it was just so smooth and he relaxed so well. You know, he was just so well balanced away from the gates, he was very eye catching. Um, I think Kevin's horse, as you say, um, I think he's probably be back in trip, you know, uh, yeah. personally. Um, he, he over traveled, he overdone everything. He did win over five on soft, heavy in places. Um, so you know, he has a few penciled in. Uh, in 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 the forthcoming weeks, I see. Um, so if they are looking for a new jockey, I'm sure I can make myself available. <laughs> Kia, Dougie is available. I'll be uh, at Red Car on the seventh of October, and I can be a new market on the thirtieth. Can you confirm or deny, Dougie, that you are more than willing to accept a year-long contract that only lasts six months? Oh, oh definitely. I'm, I'm actually work better. I work better inside three months than a year. <laughs> So I'd probably sign me off after three. <laughs> Don't you still get paid for a year-long contract if it only lasts six months? Oh, um, well, I just asked him not look at a small black print on the bottom of the page when he signs. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why there's got to be more to this because you're coming out and saying, oh, yeah, no, it was a year-long contract. Yeah, a year-long contract that you announced in February. Uh, oh, it's Look, coming towards uh, the end of the season. There's a long more. There's a lot more of this season to go. <laughs> yeah, we 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 we've an old saying in racing, like you know, racing would tame lines. Um, it's it's a bitter pill to swallow. Racing, it's it's yeah. it really is hard. He's a he's a he's a fresh owner, uh, and it's great for the sport. Like I mean, I know we're we're sort of having a joke saying like you know he's he's released two jockeys inside the contract, but look, without him. 
with Ross Ryan wouldn't have the leg up, with Kevin Scott wouldn't have the leg up, and sometimes you like them owners that shoot from the hip, especially when it's going going well. But 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 when it's going wrong, you you do want to stand out of the uh out of the out of their way. But if Kean and Ammo Racing can just hang in there for that little bit longer, I'm sure inside the next three four years they will have their you know their 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 actually results. Um, but it's, it's just when, when you're working with livestock. I mean, I've I've worked with animals my whole life, and you know, some days you get off a horse in a gallop, and you think, my God, this can't get beat, and it goes and flops, um, and you think, how did that happen? Um, and they are living creatures that we keep forgetting that they are, yeah. um, and they have good days and bad days like ourselves. But I really do hope uh, with Ammo Racing keeps the belief and 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 just. You know, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's a bloody tricky game. I think, as we said on the on the last podcast, um, that you know, on a Saturday, we, 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 we might have four hundred runners in the UK. We've thirty six winners. Um, there's a hell of a lot of losers there. You know, um, I'm probably not the quickest with maths, but three hundred and three, three, hundred and sixty four losers. Then, if there's four hundred runners, is that right? Um, so. You know, not all what all of them horses can have been bad rides and 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 and, sh- and should have won. Um, normally the best horse wins all, but on the day. Um, but I think if you're not winning, you're just a winner without a penalty waiting to happen. So I think if Keen can just co- concentrate on the football, more passionate and just enjoy the race, and I think you'll get a lot more fun out of the game. Yeah, I think that's some really solid advice there um and just a, a good attitude to have like, like this sport is um the bha are not doing anything to help this sport quite frankly uh they might think they are but they're on the brink of an open revolt uh, revolt from leading owners who are all meeting and talking about the bha and kind of trying to put pressure on them to say knock this stuff off or we're gone and one of them is gone End of this season, as far as I understand it, end of this season, Qatar Racing are bye-bye from British Racing. Cheerio, we're gone. We don't need you anymore. Um, and Sheikh Fahad is going to be more invested in American racing and French racing and maybe maybe a little bit in Ireland, but he's not doing anything in Britain anymore. Um, and if all of these big owners do get up and leave, that's a disaster. So yeah. you might not like uh, a billionaire like or a multimillionaire like Kid Jabrakin splashing his cash around in the way that he does, and maybe he's a little bit too fast and loose for some people, um, or or trigger happy. That's why I don't really buy into this idea that that's yeah. Anyway, um, you kind of have yeah. to accept the fact. Look, there's only so much that syndicates can do, uh, and there's only so much that the small owner can do. We need the big owners, and if we don't have them, sports in serious trouble. Uh, and in terms of jockeys. I'm reminded of that quote from The Wire. No one wins. One side just loses more slowly. Like, that's a jockey. Like, it's such a... You've got such a limited chance of winning, really. When you really break down how many opportunities there are to really win for a jockey, they're not, they're not there. You're going to ride an awful lot more losers than winners. Um, yeah. and, and that's just a part of it. And, and that sometimes gets forgotten about. Uh, in terms of trip for this fella, Henry Longfellow, um, you were saying uh, champion Myler. Do you think a mile is going to be... The like is it mile ten furlongs next season in Group One Company or or could he get a mile four? 
I look at uh, whereas you know I think I think a good horses can can get any trip once they relax and and that's why he looks like he did when he came came out of gates he was so switch quick to switch off I know the pace was even but he was so switch quick to switch off and to me he still doesn't look like he's he's the developed article yet he still looks like once the shoulders and chest get a bit stronger he's going to have some cru- cru- cruising speed um look at Aiden probably could go a mile and a half for him but but why would you um I think I think you know when he come when he comes back in next year he's going to be shown a hell of a lot of, cru- of cru- cruising speed and he's going to have to without stay stay them milers but he's going to be able to quicken over that mile as well. So, uh, I, I, personally, me, you'd, you'd start off over a mile, and if for some strange reason he starts showing like he wants a mile and a half, which I'd be very shocked. Um, you know, then, 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 within would probably assess that. But I think once he starts growing into that frame, I think he'll be, he'll be a hell of a horse over a mile. He'll be, you'd like to think the way he'd done it the last day and the way he attributes are, he'll be a push button job. You know. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a first Group 1 win for Coolmore with a Dubawi uh, progeny. And they've invested quite a bit in Dubawi, so they finally got their Group 1 with him. Um, City of Troy is by Justify. We're going to see him in the Jewhurst next, and obviously he's very exciting as well. And Diego Velasquez is by Frankel. So they're really mixing it up in terms of their stallions uh, this time around. It's not all about the the Galileos and the No Name Evers anymore. Um, yeah. Although still a few Galileos knocking around and a, a numerous amount of No Name Evers. I saw some figures from the sales the other day. I want to say it was the Aidan O'Brien fan site that put it up. And it's just this endless list of wooden bassets that have been bought by Coolmore. It's, it's just, it's phenomenal strength and depth they're, they're having for, for two-year-olds to come in next year. Uh, but in this fella, this juvenile, who'll be a, a classic horse next year, Diego Velasquez, uh, wins the KPMG champion juvenile stakes. He didn't please everybody, but it's a significant win. It was won last year by August Rodin. He went on to win uh, the Futurity. Very same path that Australia took. Uh, won this race and the, the Futurity on the back of that. Both of those horses would go on to win derbies. Can Diego Velasquez win next year's derby, Dougie? Um, good question. Um, good question. Um, <laughs> doesn't um, sound like you're overly convinced, yeah. Dougie. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Sure, for sure on that. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, it's 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 a long way to next year's derby. <laughs> True, true. You're just not convinced by this, Philip. No, no. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't, don't really know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm trying not to say, to say it too much, but oh, let yeah, it rip, just, Dougie. Tell no, us what you really no. think. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, do a full-on Eamon Dunphy on it. This fella Diego Velasquez is a card. He's only a show pony. I know it's 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 you know it's it's a long way till then and look at Aiden is a, an absolute genius, um, so I'm sure whatever whatever it's it's just there's certain type of horses that you'll just watch and you go you'll go boom, um, and 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 then there's certain type you'll watch and you're a little bit more, um, yeah, questions to be answered is is, is what I'm trying to say, um, so until we see him a bit more next year. Um. Yeah, until we see him a bit more next year, um, I'll I'll be you know it it's it's yeah 
look until we see a bit more next year I'll, I'll put my hat on the thing but it, it's it's it was group two um so we'll take it from there <laughs> Yeah, he's listen. He he has won a race that Australia and August Rodin won, but this race was also won by John F. Kennedy, Johannes Vermeer, Nelson, Mogul. Oh, nightmares of Mogul! I, I had such high hopes for that horse, such high hopes for that horse. He broke my heart, that fella. Um, uh, but I, to be fair, I did I did it to myself. It was an abusive relationship with Mogul, and <laughs> I got a number of black eyes and a number of empty pockets. Uh, the point to make is it's been won yeah. by some good horses. That can be a guide to the future. Uh, it's yeah. also been won by horses who looked like they were going to be superstars and weren't. Well, he just got such strange breeding. Like, I mean, I mean, he's out of a, a Franklin, which is as, as we we don't have talked about his form and and the dam. The dam, like, has won as you say five furlongs. You know, you know, five furlongs, and then she produces a horse that goes and win over a mile. Um, it's it, it just you know you, you know if the breeding was to stand out a bit more you know you'd probably be saying the breeding if it stood out a bit more he's he's a hell of a lot a dear animal <laughs> you mm. know <laughs> it's all right for me saying that as i'm going to ride in a class six somewhere but um he's he's just you know when you're talking about a derby i think you really need to stay you know that is a thing and until we until we really really see that um you know but but you got to have a flag bear somewhere. Um, but it was a group two, and he has a funny breeding page. Um, and, and I always believe that majority of them take their, um, take their uh, like beans from, from the dam side, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think all of that, those are, are very fair points to make. Um, I watched back August Rodin's win in this race last year, and, like, he's a, yeah. he's a visually... In the end, he's a visually impressive winner. He actually moves through the race a lot like Diego Velasquez did. It doesn't look like it's going to be an easy win for him, uh, and then it just it kind of ends up that it is. Um, yeah. But but there was plenty of class about it. I thought there was plenty yeah. of class about Diego Velasquez's performance as well. And the the line from Aiden afterwards was, "This race will bring him on, and you'll see a, a better horse the next day." And I just tend to buy into that if that's what he's saying. There's yeah. You know, there's yeah. there there isn't the hype around this fella that there was about City of Troy. Now, to be fair, that was mostly after his win, um, and certainly the hype around Henry Longfellow. There's a horse. Who, there's a horse who runs today. I think he's called Gallantly, and there's been a few whispers that this fella. Uh, there's there's a quote from Shami Heffernan, something along the lines of, um, "Which of these two is is the best horse, Shami? Is it Henry Longfellow or City of Troy? Neither. There's a better one to come." Or something to that effect, yeah. um, and, and this is the fellow who apparently it is. Now I've heard this stuff okay. for years, Dougie. I have heard about the absolute flying machine at Ballydoyle that's that's uh, ca- catching pigeons on the gallops, and nobody can keep up with them. And it turns out they're just not that good at all. Um, every now and again, one emerges, and they're an absolute superstar, like a Camelot or an Augusto Dan. Uh, most of the time, that stuff turns out to be absolute hogwash. Maybe Gallantly is going to be uh, as good, but we'll find out a little bit later. Dylan Brown McGonagall gets to ride him for his debut. Um, but uh, Diego Velasquez is a horse I'll, I'll, I would keep the faith with for now. I think he's very, very interesting. I think the, the runner-up is a nice-looking horse as well. I would prefer Diego Velasquez, and I think Diego will confirm superiority over him, but I wouldn't rule out Capulet going forward either. It's, it's just really interesting. Uh, we should give somebody else a bit of love. Dermot Weld, Tahira. 
uh, wins oh. the Coolmore America Justified Matron Stakes. Really good performance. Look, she's odds on. Um, there was a great interview with Chris Hayes done by David Jennings in the Racing Post and the build-up to it. I really liked that. I thought Chris spoke really openly uh, about some of the criticism he was facing going into Royal Ascot and, and how he silenced those doubters and well done to him. Um, you'd love to see this horse come back in training next year. In the meantime, I'd quite like to see her take on Paddington in the QE2. Don't know if they'll do that, but I would love to see her come back in training as a four-year-old. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, she's got when she's she, she as i as i asked you last time we we done our famous podcast uh, <laughs> would you love to see her up and trip um um and and the the dams page and and so on you would say jesus you know you know with being stepped up and trip isn't a massive issue um but you know she she's winning off of of two seconds fast times and she probably takes more from her sire um i know i said on the last statement i i'd rather go with the dams side than the sire but some of them do take a lot and the sayuni has been a, a really really good sire this last couple of seasons i mean a lot of these horses have been sort of were taken back from that mile to seven furlongs and and really shown their 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 cruising speed and stamina um but there's a part of me that would love to see her back in next year, and I couldn't see why Mr. Weld wouldn't. Um, you know, she's she's been unbeaten once, was it, in the UK, I think it was? And yeah, it was just the one that's going to watch. Yeah, and it was a hell of a good race to watch. Um, and, you know, as you say, you'd, I'd love to see her back, and, and I wonder, would they, would they try an extender? Would there be any stage that they might just start looking up and trip a bit? I'd be surprised if they didn't. I really would be. Like her her half sister won the Pre de la Opera and was second in an arc and obviously won at the Breeders' Cup. Um yeah. so I, I was it the turf she won or was it the Philly Mertz? It was the turf, wasn't it? Um I don't know why you wouldn't then let this one go a little bit up and trip as well. I know she's by she was by Shamadal, I think. Um but Siuni like Siuni has produced Paddington, he's produced yeah. Uh, St. Mark's Basilica. Like, there's plenty of horses there that would. She's she's clearly got plenty of speed. But yeah, I would love to see her step out of her own sex, um, and take on a horse like Paddington, or go up and trip against her her own gender again. And that might be the Breeders' Cup. But by the sounds of things, they're going to have a meeting in the next few days or next couple of weeks to decide whether she stays in training or not. I hope she does. Um, I don't think she's she's clearly the best three year old miling filly in Europe. Yeah. She's not the best three-year-old filly in Europe. The best three-year-old filly in Europe is a horse who's not getting a whole lot of love because doesn't seem like too many people were watching Sky Sports Racing when she won uh, in Paris Longchamp at the weekend, and that's Warm Heart. She's a Royal Ascot winner. Um, she was on probably just completely unsuited by the ground, uh, soft ground in the Irish Oaks. She's come out and won the Yorkshire Oaks under a really brave, classy performance from James Doyle. Um, she travelled like the most powerful horse in that race, but then was really gutsy and brave in the finish against Free Wind, and very similar in Paris Longchamp on Arc Trials Day. Again, Group One company. Again, James Doyle on board. Um, and she's just too good. She's just way too good for everything in that race. I love that performance. I hope they go to the Breeders' Cup with her. I think she'd be absolutely deadly. I think she'd be a solid moral, quite frankly, in the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf. Uh, at Santa Anita on good to firm ground on that on that track 
Um, I think it would just be absolutely ideal for her. But what they choose to do with her, maybe they're going to run her in the arc. Who knows what they'll do? Um, I think she's in Champions Day as well, the Philly Amira's race. That race seems ideal for Save the Last Dance to me, particularly if they get to the soft ground. So uh, let's see what they choose to do with her going forward. But she's a terrific, terrific racehorse and deserves uh, a good bit of respect. Um, out of all the horses we saw, oh, a couple of just very yeah. brief, quick things to say. Uh, Carl Burke had a great weekend. Obviously, Fallen Angel wins the Group 1 for him. The fact that Yalang Yalang was as well-backed as she was and finished the way that she did, I'm prepared to just write that off and just say that that can't really be her true running. Um, yeah. Um, You're not as convinced. Well, you're beating 13 and, uh, 13 and a half lengths. It, something must have went astray. Mm. Um, it, it wasn't just a blip. You know, she's gone in there off two wins on, on, on good ground and soft ground. And, and she's beaten 13 and a half lengths again by by uh, by Frankel. Um, it, it's... I, I, I help um, a, a breeze up consigner and a yearling consigner a church farm and we actually had that filly of um, a fallen angel last year um, without a two down hot um, and Carl Burke is, is, is a master with these fillies um, himself and Rafe Beckett has got this unbelievable technique of getting these fillies and making them harder and, and, and faster and better Um I, I was only I think I was only able to sit in this filly once or twice. I think the girls kept taking her off me. Um I could never get near her too much. Um she was she she was just a sweetheart and, 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 and always was pleasing. Um and, and I think she's gonna be a very, very good filly going forward for Carl um and and Clippers. Um but as you say, thirteen and a half length beaten winner. Um, something must have went wrong um, somewhere because it just, you know, one of O'Brien's to be beaten that far as favourite on the year that they're having um, is it, just, it, it, something must have went wrong, you know. Um, you know, something something just must have went wrong somewhere. Um, so I'm sure they'll put it back in the mix and find out exactly what um, what actually is wrong or went wrong on the day. Mm. 0.04 seconds faster than the national stakes for Fallen Angel. She's a lovely horse. And yeah. um, just interesting that you were um, you were working with her last year. Uh, did she was she showing you signs of uh, bits of brilliance? Yeah, she was always pleasing. That's the thing about you find with these good horses. They they um they've got a great mind, and you'll hear trainers say constantly, you know, it's got a great great mind, but always had a great mind. Uh, typical filly had her own attitude but always had a great great mind within the box she could be a little bit sort of like you know if she had a bad day she wouldn't want you to be in around her but you know but once you came out of the box no day was was any different and always had that frame that she was going going to grow into now sometimes at that time a year you will will pick out things and you go oh wow this will be a good one horse and then all of a sudden it becomes 67 races um and you think how, how did that happen um but the one thing that you find with all the good ones their mindset doesn't change even though 
their 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 uh, with their physical shape might change. They might start become quicker, or they might just start settling better, or they might just start developing. But normally, with the good ones, their minds are always really really good, um, and that's the one thing you you, you actually know endorse with the good good ones. Um, but as I say, the girls in, in in Church Farm do such a great job under Roger Marley. Um, I think they had. They had Mimas as uh, uh, as a consigned uh, youngster as well, and he went on to become an unbelievable sire. And I think Roger Weed won there last year. That George Bowie ended up winning, breaking some sort of track record time. The name escapes me now, but it broke the track record time at Ripon, um, and that was by Mimas. And I remember Roger saying to me one morning, he thinks this lad will be just as good as his dad. Um, because of just his mind, you know, his mindset, he was always sort of switched off mentally, not really uh, with overexerting himself. Um, and, and these good consigners can just, you know, this, they're, 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 they're just as good as the trainers that, that keep bringing out these horses like Ian and that. They can see similar attributes in, in past uh, with, uh, with animals. Um, so yeah, so fall, fall, fallen angel is definitely something to be watching out for. I think I think Clippers and Danny will have a very. I'm sure she's staying training. I could, couldn't imagine them sticking her straight away. Ooh, have they done that before? They it, have, haven't they? Have they? Yeah, they have. I suppose they're getting that big outfit now where Clippers is. They they got a lot of horses coming through, and again for these big big owners it's not just about winning races it's about the breeding and development um of what of their firm she's ran four times beaten once a sandown second in a listed race i i could only see her develop and keep, and keep developing i agree i but, think i'm th- i might be thinking of a john gosden two-year-old uh colt that they retired to stud after his after his two-year-old season but, and it might have been like a minor injury but not enough to really take the horse out um, but you'd be amazed if they didn't keep her in training next year. And, yeah. and you'd like to think she would build on that. Um, I think the horse you were referring to from George Boy's yard, is that a Sadna? Is that it? That could be it. That could be it. He won two. Did, did he? The sectional up? times wonder Sex. kid. The horse, it was a stone cold certainty to win the Coventry. And that if you don't use sectional times, you're betting wrong. Except he then gets beaten six lengths by River Tiber and was last seen finishing 11 and a half lengths off Starlust, running now for Alice Haynes in first-time cheek pieces at 20 to 1 on the all-weather at Kempton. I did say some of them do turn out to be 67-rated animals. <laughs> I did say that my last statement. And I I'm, did say I'm the pretty, statement before they are living creatures. I'm pretty certain Johnny Deneen is still like, getting a real kick out of this one. Because that whole thing blew up when Simon Rowland started having to go to him, if you don't use sectional times, you don't know how to bet, son. <laughs> Jim McGraw was having a pop as well on Sky Sports Racing that day. I remember getting ready to do talk sport. And that morning, it was Jamie Lynch and and Jim McGrath. And by the way, I've been wrong about loads of things and I've had to eat loads of humble pie. Uh, so I'm not having a go at, at, at them. It's just funny yeah. that like Jim was offering this really robust defense of sectional times. And it's like, well, clearly Asadna is going to win. Look at the sectional times from Ripon, blah, 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 blah. Um, it was kind of like Jim was doing a well actually and well actually this Aiden O'Brien horse might be good but actually he doesn't have the sectional times that a Saturn has and it's just gone spectacularly wrong and all of that I'm guessing all of that fed into the owner's mindset that the owner started thinking oh this fella's a machine 
And when he gets beaten, and then there was that that slight thing that happened, uh, was it a non-runner in the Commonwealth Cup? And that results in him, George Bowie, losing all those horses from that owner. And here's Asadna on his third start for Alessane's, fifth start overall, getting lapped again. Just wasn't that good. Um, King of Steel story all over again. Just owners buying into the idea that their horses are better than they actually are. Um, but as my grandmother used to say, patience is a virtue and seldom in a woman, never in a man. Com- common sense. It's not that common. Yeah, great. there's some great wisdom yeah. in those old sayings. Um, let me get to your thoughts on the St. Ledger. So you're going to be riding a Doncaster, a, a horse I think actually has a chance, but we'll come to him in a second. Um, betting for the St. Ledger. These are the best prices available, so I don't know whether you can get two quid on or full bets on. I'm sure that you can with these lovely firms. Uh, 130 about Arrest, the new favourite after Frankie Dettori jumped ship from Gregory. Kieran Schumar comes in for the ride on the Royal Ascot winner. Uh, he's a four-to-one shot. Frankie's on the favourite at 130. Continuous beat Gregory last time out in the most recognisable trial, the Great Voltager. And Ryan Moore will ride him for Aidan O'Brien, four-to-one. Uh, Middle Earth and Oshin Murphy uh, for the Jonathan Gosden team as well as an eight to one shot. The King's Desert Hero, Tom Marquand for William Haggis, a five to one shot. That would be some story if they were to win. Uh, chess piece for Godolphin, but not Charlie Appleby, twelve to one. Uh, and then Jim Crowley will ride Tower of London, a twelve to one shot for Aidan O'Brien. Sean Levy gets the ride on Alexandropoulos, twenty eight to one. And Danny Tuttub gets the ride on Denmark, who looked a horrible ride the other day, a uh, fifty to one shot. Uh, I'm with continuous here. I think he wins a little bit. I'm not overly concerned about the ground because he won on very soft in France last year. So the ground isn't a concern to me. Uh, I just think he's going to win. And particularly given the form of Aiden O'Brien's horses at the moment, they're just they're winning with everything. Um, I think from speaking to you in the last show, you were very keen on, on both continuous, but also the King's Horse Desert Hero. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, with Desert Hero, if you are to take a horse out that's an improver, very, very lightly raced. Uh, under a great management house of William Haggis, um, he's ran one. He's ran a handful of times, six times, um, beaten once, first run of the year. I think William's horses probably weren't really firing at the time, um, and came out and and his Ascot run was eye catching. I mean, you know, he switches off and he travels through the race so sweet, and you know, he looks like a horse that might even get further, um, and he's good one win on soft ground which is what William would have wanted to see around this time of year you know I suppose the ground again will have changed you know it could it'll be very interesting to see I don't think with you rain up till Saturday which will probably help you know the whole race um, because if we did get a trickler shower uh, Friday and no rain through you could imagine it being a bit dry and dead but because they're racing today tomorrow and then Saturday you like to think you know, it'll, it could be good, good to soft by by Saturday, um, which will hopefully be drier ground. But with the he- with heavy dews at this time of year, it's totally different in the middle of the summer because when you see soft ground in June, July, it's sloppy soft. It's just it's quick. It's good ground underneath, but they're flicking up the top. But a soft ground this time of year, sometimes the ground is lifeless. It just turns over. It's a complete different surface. Um, and but for William to have seen. He's uh, with Animal to go out and and win on soft ground in August, and has won on store ground in the past. I don't think he'll be worried about it. But if there was an improver, I think you'd definitely be looking at him. Um, tactically, it's going to be an interesting affair. I know Aiden has probably pacemakers in there, which will help the whole situation out. Um, 
you know, James Doyle again, uh, Simon and Chris Edward, uh, uh, Chris Verd will be forward. But a lot of the top of the horses on the market are sort of hold up horses. Um, and if and if it becomes another, um, you know, another uh, a Moscow Flyer race where where jockeys are eyeballing each other, um, is is somebody going to slip away or do something that they shouldn't do in this race? Uh, with Desert here with Hero Drawn Box One, Tom Bales just stay where he is. He rides him a little bit cold. Ryan is right next door. Storton Box Two. Just follow the slipstream around basically, and and let Ryan sort of take you into actually the race and, and see see and see 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 what happens inside the two. But um, it's a it's a great great renewal of the race, and I think Aiden, the way his winners are in the UK, I think as you uh, has have actually said before the show, I think if Aiden wins this, he could could be quite hard to catch in the championship. Yeah, it's um, 5.6 million for John and Thady Gosden right now, 4.8 million for Aiden. So he'd still have a little bit of ground to make up, but Brown think of the up. firepower he's going to have yeah. going forward. Like, he's got the maturity by the short and curlies, really, with Diego Velasquez, and probably Capula could join him there. I'm sure they'll unearth something between now. Maybe this gallantry will have won, or gallantly, and he'll be headed to that race as well. Who knows? Um They've got City of Troy for the Dewhursts. They've got uh, Paddington for the QE2. It's yeah, he'll he'll be champion trainer. I'd be amazed if he's not. Um, yeah, I, I think sure. how you've summed up how that race is going to pan out is is really interesting. It's worrying that the final classic of the season is represented by only four stables, and that yeah. John and Thady Gosden have got three in it, and Aiden's got four. Like it's it's pretty worrying that it it appears as though in order to have a proper Group One middle distance three year old you need to be one of the major owners or have a horse with one of the major trainers. And if you're not one of those two, two things, if you're not in one of those two camps, you've got no chance of being able to, to do this. So it's it's just, it's it's interesting. It's also very interesting. Charlie Appleby doesn't have a runner. Yeah, yeah. Um, pro- probably not on top form this year. Uh, the Ooh, no. Is such. no way off the pace. Um, <laughs> But whatever's down has to come back up again. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure that 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 outfit will will be back in the big time come next year. You know, with the firepower that they have. Uh, but as I have said, um, I, I do do actually help out a little bit with the yearlings in the winter time and the young horses. And this year, I felt a lot of the horses were a little bit behind themselves. For some reason, the Phillies this year didn't feel as forward as they should have been. Um, and if they've gone to the market and they've bought, you know, young stock and they've just not really shown them what they needed to show, well, they might just stick them back in a box until they're ready for next year and then pull them out. And, and we'll all have egg on our face saying, wow, unbelievable year. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't even reached 100 winners. He's way off the pace for that as well. He's on 76. I mean, he'll get there, obviously, but from first to eighth, the compar- I, I can't remember if I've said this on the final furlong or not, but I've definitely said it on TalkSport. I can say this as a Liverpool fan whose <laughs> receding hairline continues. Well, maybe it's going to start growing back now, Dougie, because that's how hair works, isn't it? It just miraculously grows back when there's not as much stress on you when your football team starts to win. Um, yeah, well, I'm not sure. I, I, I actually brought out this morning new market and I had a bit of time to spare, so I went for a haircut and... I end up paying a hell of a lot to get a light little trim. I don't have much here now, and I'm probably a year younger than you, so I'm, that makes me 21. But yeah, Well done, uh, well done, well like done Dougie, indeed. Congratulations. <laughs> but I don't like you. 
I hope my hair does grow back fast <laughs> um, because if I don't win this race tonight at Charmsford, I'm out of profit by, by the price of the hair, the haircut I paid. <laughs> so, uh, Jesus. Well, this is one of the funny yeah. things about this this show that has been uh, lost for, uh, yeah, technical reasons. That's it. Yeah, it was technical yeah. reasons. Um, you were driving to Nottingham, Leicester, Leicester, uh, Leicester, Leicester. Yeah, uh, Leicester, and just lit. I kid you not. The second he pulls in, he gets a message telling him non-runner. You yeah. after a two-hour drive, two and a half. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> two and a half. That extra thirty minutes, fifty miles. That's twenty-five miles extra. Yeah, it's it. As I said to you on the day, if I get back home in a half a tank, I'll be in profit. <laughs> and to be fair, you sent me a WhatsApp message with a picture of like the, the BMW tank. And it's like, oh, there you go. We actually do. We have the half a tank. Great. If you yeah. drive an Eco Pro, you'll have, a, <laughs> you'll have had yeah. more. You did, you did say that to me after I drove home, I did, which you said to me before I left <laughs> Leicester. But um, I'm, I'm had a quite week this week. I'm, I'm afraid last week was busy at the back end and, and then this week has not taken off yet. This is my first ride this week. So, so, um, so yeah, so when I send in that with invoice for your show, I'm sure it'll fix up. That's what's going to really pull it around for you. That's what's going to really yeah. save the situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally, I, I, I think it'll be the last time I have a haircut in Newmarket for, for the price I got charged this morning. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were in London this morning. Of course, no, I knew well, you were I got, in London. I got London. I got London prices definitely at Newmarket, but I didn't. I didn't get, no, I wasn't in London. I remember <laughs> being on a on a high street in London, desperately needing yeah. a haircut. This is probably 2019, maybe. Oh, it was just before the pandemic. Actually, it was 2020. Yeah. And like I knew about these barbers, I knew that they're uh, they're ridiculous. Yeah. But I I really needed a haircut. I needed a shave, and I needed a haircut. Uh, well, and of well, course, my barber said today, he said, you need a shave after he'd done my haircut. And I was lying in the chair with a man holding the blade. So I didn't want to say no. Oh, <laughs> bloody. Yeah. They're, well, they've kind of got you over a barrel then. Um, but I, I was kind of desperate. So I, I, I was walking, I was with a group of friends. We were all headed to, uh, to a pub. Uh, and I see this place and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm. I'm looking like a, a rough Noel Gallagher. So I'm just gonna in later years Noel Gallagher. Let me just dive in here and get sorted out. Um, and as soon as I put my hand on the door, the guy is looking at me as if as if I'm like a lamb to the slaughter. And I just happened to catch the price list and went, "No, I don't think so, son." Mike, my, my cousin Brendan Downey is a great barber. And he does not charge these prices, London. So you can stick your haircut. Uh, yeah, not 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 pleasant. No, no. I did I did learn learn, learn a new trade over lockdown. That was cutting hair, and and I just thought this morning I'd just let somebody else do it. Would do it, but um, yeah. I think we we we'll reverse to lockdown practice. Yeah, just just find yourself a find yourself a decent barber who's a good conversationalist who won't charge you an arm and a leg, uh, or or just get the razor and give yourself a lollipop afterwards. It's, do a full on Peaky Blinders on it and just get it over with. I want to get your thoughts before you wrap up and um, and, and and escape into into the rest of the day with uh, Dream Composer. So you won yeah. you won three times last year. You were on board t- twice for those. Uh, he's won three times this year. You've been on board all three of those wins. He recently won off a mark of 96. He's back down to 95. I think he's got a really good chance. Um, are, are you confident or are you going to talk me out of him? 
I'm always confident. Go on, Dougie! <laughs> but it's prize money at stake, Doug, with Dougie's confident. Um, no, look, he's a great horse. James has done unbelievably well with the Peter Clark racing horses. Um, we had a great, uh, even though it's slated arc there, they've done a, a marvellous thing last winter with the arc bonus scheme of a million pound bonus. And Agreed. I think uh, we don't call me Pete um, finished fourth or fifth in it and he picked up a good lump sum and the owners were chuffed and the prize money was great and um, James does very well with them he ran a cracker the last day for, for Frankie on a little bit of slow ground I had no real luck on, on him the next twice we ran on good firm firm ground at Ascot didn't enjoy it then I got hampered and it was a really slowly ran five furlong race at Goodwood and he bounced back with a strong ran race when it was a with a really strong ran five furlong race at Ascot he, he came home strong um, all his best form is normally in small fields um, you know so but that is just what he's been with late well, I suppose what I'm trying to pick are, 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 are negatives and pluses, but I suppose that's all he had to uh, race against. It wasn't his fault that it was small fields. Um, <clears throat> so, and uh, you know, the Port- Portland's a tough race. It's normally end of the season. You know, you normally have something well mapped out for it. A trainer might have come down to handicap because he'd been running on firm ground and he's down now to a mark of 87 or and, and he's squeezing in off eight stone seven or something. And, um, you know, um, so there could be something in there that might be a little bit dark, um, but I wouldn't swap him for the world. You know, if James is 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 running him in a race like this, I think he'll run a hell of a race. Um, so we're drawing eleven. It'll be interesting to see which side is going to be fancied in the next couple of days. I personally think it'll end up being middle to high. Um, so hopefully that'll play play to our strengths. Um, so yeah, so fingers crossed for a big run. Yeah, the field size thing is an interesting one. He has placed once in a field of eighteen or more. Um, but his, yeah, his his best records are in in smaller fields. Um, he's a lovely horse though, and that was a yeah. that was a really nice finish at at, um, at Ascot the other day. Like that was to me that was indicating this is a fellow who's about to come back to life. He just needs pace. Um, I think pace is his friend. Um, he's won on all types of ground, bar 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 really fast ground, um, and he just needs pace. I think once he gets that 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 pace where you're always a sand down the day he won um i was going not with nowhere and then all of a sudden he just took off once he started passing one or two um and 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 he ended up uh winning with it with like his ears pricked um so 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 fingers crossed we're drawing the right side for pace and we get the rubber to green it'll be great all right in the saint ledger um ryan moore or tom marquand i can get either of them jocked off so which one do you want to ride Continuous, because I have that power. I have the power to ring up Aiden and say, listen, Ryan can ride Tower of London, Dougie's going to ride Continuous. Or I can ring up my close personal friend, William Haggis, and say, yeah, Tom Marquand's become a good friend of the Final Frontline Podcast, but we, we're going to go with the recent guy, Dougie Costello, and he wants to ride your horse. So which of the two would you want to be on in the St. Ledger? Continuous or Desert Hero? She's the form that's Aiden in. The form that's Aiden is in, it's really hard to escape from it. And he's all out for this. And Ryan's on, on unbelievable form as well. He's got a hole. But uh, Hags is, uh, it, if you let me ride with Henry the Longfellow, we'll ride his horse in the, in the, in, in, in the, in the ledger. <laughs> just, just tell him that. <laughs> if you'll do me the favor of letting me ride Henry Longfellow next year, I'll do you yeah. the favor of winning the St. Ledger for you now and continuous. 
exactly. We've killed two bird, uh, uh, birds with one stone there. Oh, so, uh, love that. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough race. I think the, the, I think the two names you, you, you mentioned, it, as I said, it could become a tactical affair. And Frankie's horse will will be prominent from from the four. Um, he will be up there. You know, he'll be out the gates and the pace will hopefully be behind box seat behind the pacemakers. Now, whether he gets him behind the pacemakers and just take the pedal off the gas and take three four lengths back out of it, and then start to slip the field from five out six out, where mightn't suit the hold up horses. Where I think Tom, Tom and Ryan will be on the hold up horses looking at their pass way 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 they've ran um so that could be the, the other fear but um i think i think the two two horses you've mentioned are the two i'd be thinking will come to the fore and trish has just reminded me that i'm supposed to say uh, of course there won't be a dry eye in the house if frankie de Tory wins his final british classic on a rest i'm sure we'll see him next year if i'm racing in another jockey boom <laughs> Frankie de Tori, this is this is the thing, the year-long Frankie de Tori farewell tour. You know, you remember the way Ruby Walsh did that year-long farewell tour where it was his last Cheltenham Festival, it was his last... No, he just went off in style, wins a grade one on Ken Boy, and before he crosses the line, he's like, peace out, bitches, um, with that yeah, epic celebration. Like, that's the way to do it. Even even uh, McCoy's way of doing it. Like, you, you set a record... Uh, you win on Mr. Mole, Rishi Passad's doing the interview, and you say, well, it's the last time I'm going to ride this many winners uh, in a season, Rishi, because I'm out, bitches. And like, you could just build up to that. You just had a couple of meetings to look forward to, and then one of the greatest I... jockeys of all time waves away. But Frankie, no. Everything's got to be about Frankie. It's his final year, his last Royal Ascot, his last Glorious Goodwood, his last cup of tea, his last pizza slice, his last list old festival. Oh, no, sorry, he won't do that because he wants... Uh, 15 grand instead of the four grand. That was, uh, oh, well, I guess, guess he won't go. We'll just have to get Oshie Murphy instead. Upgrade, by the way. Uh, yeah, just the whole thing's a farce, quite frankly. He, I, well, he I, was cheaper 15 grand, wasn't he? I mean, Jesus if you ask Ronaldo Christ. to come, if you ask Ronaldo to come, I'd have asked 25 if I was Frankie. He should have asked for 50. Should have should have gone for what he's really worth. By the way, nothing. Well, Ronaldo of the sport. Do you not think? Uh, I personally think. Like, I mean, I really hope he don't pack up. I, I, I know, I know. Like, you're, you're just joking and oh, yeah. so on. But I do hope he doesn't pack up. I mean, he's been so good for the sport, and and uh, he's such a character, and he, he's a great guy in the weighing room for young guys. And he has his off days, but he's like us all. Um, but I think what he's done for the sport. I know when AP packed up. Um, I mean, look at young race and it really took a big hit that year um so i really hope he sticks around yeah for all the joking i'm doing and being sarcastic when he's gone <laughs> it's gonna hurt the sport it's gonna hurt the sport it's really yeah. gonna hurt it and frankie de might be the only thing that is actually interesting the bbc in racing because yeah you got to be really worried about them and i i can hear john hunt already going you're wrong about this so much um, I don't think I am. The The BBC were supposed to do a story on The One Show, which is one of those shows that... One of the few television shows I actually still watch uh, these days, and I'm almost embarrassed to say that, but it's quite a useful magazine show. You know, It does its job. Um, everything else I'm watching is on streaming, basically, and I don't know why it happens to be that show. But I'm aware of the fact that they were going to do a feature on a racehorse. I think it was for the Grand National, and they pulled it. It, was for, it might have been for the Derby, actually. Whatever it was for, they pulled it. Um, and they pulled it because of Animal Rising, because of the protests. And they've just become super woke 
against any negative thing they can talk about about racing, they'll talk about it. Anything that's positive, no. You might get it on the website, good stuff about racing, but everything negative, it's mentioned on BBC Radio 4, it's mentioned on 5 Live, they're highlighting all the bad stuff, they have no interest in talking about the good stuff. They're, they've turned anti-racing. Um, and one of the few things that helps in that battle is Frankie. They'll have Frankie on the radio, they'll they'll interview him, they'll have him on a panel show, um, yeah. and they won't be negative to his face. So when he's gone, and Frankie, to me, does not seem like a guy who has any interest in being a pundit. I don't think he's... No. And if he is going to be a pundit, I guarantee you he'll do that in America. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even sure if he would be great at that, quite frankly. Um, I'm just, I'm not sure that he would be. He's, he's got a great skill set. He's got a terrific way about him. Um, but when he's gone, this sport is going gonna, is gonna to be the lesser for it. There's no question of that. Um, but hey, look, we're, we're going to have to, time waits for no man and all that malarkey. Yeah, I'm just lucky that I watch Pepper Pig when, when, when the one show's on. I don't see all that negativity. Which which reminds me... If you don't like this, we will watch Peppa Pig. I'm all for fellas like me who are excessive use of the stick or do things wrong. But I was standing here last year and watched a wonderful Gold Cup get a wonderful ride off Richard Johnson. And not one person standing here was offended by what Richard Johnson did. They find him 5,000 quid and suspend him for 10 days. When you see that happening, there's something very wrong. If you don't like this, we will watch Peppa Pig. If it looks wrong, it is wrong. The numbers were the biggest mistake they ever made because they backed themselves into a corner. And a monkey can count. One, two, three, four, five, six. That was the mistake they showed. Loads of good stewards in England over the years, and they'd say, you misbehave there and give you a few days. But the minute they brought in the numbers, they gave those as no choice. Once you want over nine or ten, it's like the speed limit. The racing is under such scrutiny. Ah, if you don't like racing, go and watch Peppa Pig. When you put it that way, I sound a bit of a wanker. Kids, don't be a wanker. And on that bombshell, we're done. Thank you very much, Ted Walsh. Always speaking common sense. Uh, Doug, you really enjoyed this? Uh, twice. Twice we did it. Twice. We've only no, got to go five hours to tomorrow. Much. That's all. Just don't ring me tomorrow. <laughs> don't ring me tomorrow, please. Just an old five-hour show tomorrow. How much did Frankie look for? 15 grand. 15 k <laughs> Must be at least 57,000 for you, mate. Must be uh, at okay. least. No. Cheers. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Oh. And, and a great show. And, and we'll keep it up. And keep finding the positives. Yeah, uh, well, after talking about quite a few Have negative a things, there's there's a lot of positives to talk about, and uh, uh, and, and please, ho- hopefully, we're going to be seeing those positives on the track, and hopefully, one of them will be you in the winners' enclosure. Uh, you're a gentleman, Dougie. Really enjoy this, and looking forward to talking to you again soon on the show. Cheers. Uh, well, thank you, Eamon. Uh, and thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it. My name is Eamon now, apparently, Eamon. and you can call me that if you want. I'm Eamon Dumpy in my head. <laughs> It's Valor Ronaldo is a card. <laughs> Trish, I still don't forgot Trish in the background, so we're all right. <laughs> uh, right, that's it. We're done. Um, Paul Ferguson is here for a jump special next week. I've already done one with Katie Young and Dennis O'Regan. That will come out a little bit later. Um, thank you for all the kind words, by the way. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on with, um, with ma'am. Lots of trips to the hospital and stuff like that. But uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. That's why recordings have been have been put to one side to a little, ex- little extent. But we've got lots of plans going forward now. Uh, that we're excited about so yeah hopefully we can we can focus on, on that and it's a good distraction quite frankly as well um, we'll obviously break down the weekend's racing as well from, from the old flat game um, uh, it's going to be a, a cracking few days racing hopefully you can enjoy it but there's lots of jumps action to get stuck into uh, and we'll bring that content to you very very soon on the show be safe be well look after yourself and each other God bless <laughs>